Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? This is a new episode of Catfish on Ice. This is episode 141. Mm, Off-season edition. We're counting them down here. What's up, everybody? We're very happy to have you joining us tonight. Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. Your really great host that we're ready to bring you a very spicy episode. Spicy. Because, uh... Yeah, it's spicy tonight because uh, we are going to be talking about (laughs) our most hated teams in the summer of 2022 uh, for Preds fans. And let me just say this, hate is a very strong word, I get that, but in sports, it has a very different meaning. Sports, let's not get overworked here, sports, it's very different. So sports, you can hate a team. And, you know, like, that's kind of where we're at here. Hate in regular life is very different. So we're just talking about sports-wise right here. So no one get overworked here. No one get upset. It's all about just fun sports fans right here. And so for Preds fans, we have plenty of teams to choose from. We shared our bracket. I shared the bracket that I came that I came up with. And Rich and Kyle will completely critique my bracket tonight. Guys, what do you think about it? Well, I don't understand why you put the Boston Bruins on there, but, you know, who hates those guys? Why would anybody hate them? They're an eight seed, though. I mean, you got – who could hate Patrice Bergeron? Let's just say that. David Pasternak. Yes. I mean – Everybody likes pasta. And Craig Smith plays there now. Yes. And Eric Halla. I mean – I don't know, man. You don't, don't have know. Edmonton on here, and they have no Edmonton's in, the, oh, Edmonton's, on the, in the, Edmonton's in the list. Oh, they are. They are. Oh, I, they I, are. I, I take that yeah. back. I overlooked. At Look at my bracket. There's guys. a lot of blue on, on there, Chad. There's a lot of blue, and it blends in. There is a lot of blue in there. I'm sorry, guys. All right, I, I came. I, I'm not a graphic designer like professional here, but. Looking back at the bracket right now, hopefully you, everyone has checked it out at this point, but we have come up with our most hated teams yes. of 2022 if you're a Preds fan. We're putting out mm. polls. We're putting out – we want all the Preds fans to vote on who they dislike, hate, despise, loathe, whatever term you want to use, the most right now in 2022. Now – if we asked this same question five years ago, what well, the results would probably change. That's the whole point of this. We, a lot changes in just one season, much less five seasons. So that's the whole point of this. To get us through this, we want to know that's what right. press fans think. And so I came yep. up with a 16-team bracket here. Um, eight teams on one side, eight teams on the other. So basically, if you're a college basketball fan, we got ourselves a sweet 16 of most hated 
teams for Preds go. fans right now. And you can critique my list all you basketball. want. What'd uh, you say, well, I said, who even watches college basketball? Not a lot me. of people do, actually. A lot, a lot of people, people do. We're from, like, the most basketball-centric state in the entire country, and it's Basically. just, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be a you're supposed to be a Louisville or Kentucky fan, Kyle. I don't know what you're totally breaking the mold right now. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but anyway, boys, we, got, we so, need to say hi to we need to say hi to Nikki uh, real quick. Nikki's in here. Say hi. Hey, Nikki, hey, and guess what? Nick Nikki has been get Nikki has been commenting on every poll that we've released so oh, far, so and Rick. And later in this episode, Rich is going to update everyone on each yep. that we've released so far. And yep. this is going to take us through the next week. We are going to unleash every matchup. Sure. We got Max Greenberg in the post. Rich, uh, Max Greenberg says, Rich, what is it worth? No. What is it with your love for Boston? Honestly, just asking. So Max asks you, Rich, what is I'm your gonna, love for Boston? Answer. I will give you a quick answer. Um Original six team. I love history. And when I started watching hockey again, Zidane Chara was the captain of the Boston Bruins. And I really like that dude a lot. Um, so that's, that's basically it. And then my daughter started liking Boston too. So we, we watched them and then, you know, but I, their second place definitely to Nashville. So, well, that's a, that's a really good answer there, Rich. I mean, yeah, the history, Honestly, I threw Dan Ochara, David Posternock. I mean, everybody loves them. So, so I threw Boston Bruins in there as an eight seed. So we're we're doing yeah. this literally like a real bracket here. So yeah. you're let's let me go ahead and reveal oh, my yeah. bracket here. If no one's heard it, if any, if anyone's listening to the audio version right now and they're not on Twitter and they listen to the podcast and they want to know the bracket, well, let's go ahead and let all the listeners know right now. And then you guys can totally critique my bracket. Now, I want to hear all the comments if you're watching live right now because it's not perfect science. I spent way too much time on this, first of all. <laughs> like, more time awesome. than anyone with a life should probably spend on this. But that just goes to show you how I feel in the offseason right now, not having hockey, as I spent hours sure. and hours um, thinking about this bracket in the seeds and making it right. All right. So we got the eight seed Boston Bruins versus the number one seed Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm-hmm. the Penguins should absolutely be the number one seed in that side of the bracket. Do you guys agree with me at least on that one? I, I, I do, but some <laughs> people, some people, have voted for the Bruins for some reason more than Pittsburgh. yeah I can't figure that one out I can't figure that one I don't, out let's let, I don't we'll understand. do we'll do the current results later in the episode let's just do the yeah. bracket first all right so That's then cool. in the in the next in the next bracket we have the number five seed the Carolina Hurricanes versus the number four seed the Colorado Avalanche That's um, tough let's just talk that's that one's a tough one there because we're talking about the two most recent teams that have knocked the Predators out of the playoffs. Yes, that's true. Um, I, I'll tell you who I voted for later, but yeah. Okay. That is a tough, uh, tough Kyle, call. Kyle, is that not a tough one? That's a tough first-round matchup there. Not for me. 
Not for me. It's <laughs> not a, for it's you. Easy okay. pick. Easy all right, pick. All right. We'll wait for Kyle's answer. We're gonna wait. We're gonna save the suspense Slam here. Dunk. We're gonna wait for Kyle's answer. Slam We're gonna dunk. wait for Kyle's answer. Don't tell anyone. All right. Next matchup here. We're on the left side of the bracket here. All right. Next matchup. We got six versus three. We got the number six seed, the San Jose Sharks. If you're an old school Predators fan, you understand why the Sharks are in there. First, the number three seed, the Dallas Stars. I know there's a lot of hatred for the Dallas Stars these days. That's another slam dunk, um, in my opinion. Everyone thinks about 2019 when the Dallas mm-hmm. Stars completely shattered all of our dreams and made us realize that the Predators are kind of a mess. Yes. So, might sure. be a little bit of a tough matchup there. And then our, yep. and then our, our number seven seed, to round out this side of the bracket, we've got the two central division rivals up against each other. We got the uh, Minnesota Wild versus the St. Louis Blues. That'll probably be a pretty easy first round yep. pick there. Everyone's mm-hmm. probably going to vote for the Blues, but I had to throw the Minnesota Wild in there because, um, first of all, they're taking all of our players, they and sure uh, and they're That's also really a team that is they're they're a team that let me tell you. If the Predators are going to move into that top three position this year, the, the Minnesota Wild are one of those teams that they're going to have to beat out head yeah. to head. There will so definitely have I three them in there. That's a good one. I don't That's think one, I don't I don't think the Minnesota Wild are a team that a lot of Predators fans have hatred towards, or there's a it's a big rivalry per se. That's why I made them a seven seed. But I, I got to tell you though, they're coming and they're and they're a team that the Predators are going to have to do some battles with this coming up season if if they want to move up the pecking order you, in the central division. Remember, if you remember last season, some of those games were pretty brutal between Nashville they were. and Minnesota. They were, they were. Uh, you know, Nashville got the got the better of them, but um they were they were pretty rough games, if you remember. They were. And and the Predators, they came out on the winning end for most of those games. Good. They lost in overtime once <laughs> to the Wild, but they won every other game last season in that season yep, series. For sure. so, but yep. it's it's going to be one of those things where I'm telling you, those two teams are going to be battling for that third place position most likely. Yep. Uh, all right, let's go to the other side of the bracket here. So let's go to our number one seed on the other side of the bracket. <laughs> and – no shocker to anybody. <laughs> it's the Chicago Blackhawks. It's the um, if, if you call if we're going back to to uh, March Madness. I know you guys don't want, like mm-hmm. college basketball, even though you're both from Kentucky. I can't figure that out. But um, the Chicago Blackhawks are literally the um, the equivalent to being Duke in this tournament. Yeah, um, I would. Yeah, Duke or North Carolina. Those are both good. Uh, so, so the Chicago Blackhawks are the number one seed on the other side of this most hated teams for Preds fans in the summer of 2022. Their eight seed opponent is the Washington Capitals. So, I kind of uh, wait that with the Boston Bruins. If you don't like eight, Boston, eight you're, there's something wrong with you. So, well, you know, it's an eight seed. That's why I made an eight seed. That's right. That's right. All right. That's right. But Let's I guess go to the people, two. you can throw in Tom Wilson that that makes up for it. People, that, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that, that has that some usually causes a little bit of a stir in people. So there you go. Let's go with the five versus the four matchup, which this is going to be one that I'm 
it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a close vote here. Number five seed, the Anaheim Ducks versus the number four seed, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Easy. I think I know who I think I know who Rich voted for, Easy. but you know. <laughs> Easy layup. Yeah, it is. It really is for me. It's not I mean, if you're an old school Predators fan. If you've been watching the Predators since they were you're right. an expansion team, the Ducks have a deep, deep hatred in your heart for them. Yeah, but but I haven't been watching it's, that it's gonna long be a good match. else. So. <laughs> There's right, there's two six. words that make this entire argument. All right, Go ahead. I think I know what you're. I think I know those two terms. Those two words. Corey yeah. Perry. <laughs> well, yeah. There's some of that on the left hand side too. Yeah, and it works just as well there. Yeah. There's only one. There's only All one right. team that we can agree that we like that he was on, and that would be Montreal. <laughs> Everybody likes the Canadians. Most Let's move down our bracket here. All right. Six versus three. Number six seed versus three seed. The six seed on this side of the bracket, I got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to be unpredictable. We haven't even tweeted that out yet, the poll. So yeah. we can't yeah. even give you results yet. We're gonna we're gonna tweet that poll out tomorrow morning. So uh we're gonna we're gonna do these polls throughout the good. week and next week's Next week's episode will reveal the winners and who's going on to the next round. So we don't even know what the results are going to yeah. be of that matchup yet. But we got yeah. Oilers I bet versus I Vegas Golden Knights. I bet I, don't I know. think it's that clear. <laughs> I don't know. Well, on one hand, you got everybody hates Edmonton because they're jealous because they got two of the best players in the league. And on the yeah, other side, everybody. everybody's jealous because. Uh, Vegas because they got such a sweet draft um, and they didn't really have to put in any work, but I think some rough days are ahead for that team. So have you seen yeah. the Vegas news this week? With yes, Robin I did. Leonard yes. And all that mess. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Especially when he comes, he's notoriously honest. So mm-hmm. yeah. Him coming out and saying what he said about him. Yeah. That's not, yeah. They're about to go through some tough times. That team is their tough to times are coming. Really tough times. Agreed. Yeah. All right. And then let's let's round out the entire bracket here with the seven versus two matchup. Seven C Toronto Maple Leafs. I know they're not a, a direct rival of the Preds, but they're still a team that a lot of people don't like. So we got the seven C Toronto Maple Leafs versus the number two seed, an old school rival, a big brother, if you will, in the early days of the Predators, the Detroit Red Wings. I made them a number two seed. I thought about making them a number one seed. I thought about pushing them back to a three seed maybe because they're not really a big rival of the Predators anymore. Like it's not really relevant now. Like they don't, they're in the Eastern Conference now. But I still had to make them a number two seed because if you're an old school Predators fan, you remember those early days of playing the Red Wings. And it was 75% Red Wings fans in your home arena and the Predators fans because you have the Nissan plant. You had all these mm-hmm. transplant Red Wings fans in Nashville. And it was like going to a Red Wings home game in those early days. 
And they're always going to be a rival. That was the first team that the Predators beat in the playoffs to get their first series win in the postseason. So we're never going to forget about that. So I still had to make them a two seed. All right, guys. We are presented by DraftKings, first of all. This is Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 141. Part of the Hockey Podcast Network, off-season edition. All right, Rich, Kyle, critique my bracket because you guys had – I literally built a bracket today. And tell me, guys, who did I, who should I put in here? Who should I have taken out? Let's go with Kyle first, then we'll go to Rich. <coughs> hmm. That's kind of difficult. Uh, you have the one odd year where we played the same teams over and over and over. Oh so God. a case for Florida could be made. Um, the Blue Jackets could be in there. Uh, a lot of history Ooh. with them going back. That's uh, a good one. That's definitely mm. a good one. I'm Wait trying a minute. To Wait of, a minute. Let, let me slip in real quick. I cannot. <laughs> why, how can we put the Blue Jackets in there? You, if you go back and look Jones, at probably, I would guess. the most dominant, the, the team that the Predators have dominated the most in their team history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the Blue it's Jackets. Just, and it's actually pretty bad. It's actually so bad that you kind of feel sorry for the Blue Jackets in a way. Like, you kind of feel like – you kind of feel like the Predators are kind of a bully in a way. It's like, you couldn't have given them a couple wins along the way. Like – I know the Blue Jackets have been a decent team throughout the years. Like, they've been a playoff team. But you look at that all-time series head-to-head, the Predators have dominated that series. So, I couldn't put the Blue Jackets in there. Um, okay. The Panthers okay. is a good one, though. Yeah. So, as a Chicago Bears fan. The Bears. The Bears. As a Bears fan, Bears. I will never feel sorry for the Detroit Lions. Because even no matter how dog water my team is, there is two weekends a season that we got a chance. That's right. Oh, (laughs) that's good. So I will not be feeling sorry for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we got to feel so good. We got to feel so good for Matthew Stafford for breaking out of there and, and, and winning a Super Bowl with the LA Rams. Yeah. Oh, you know he Talk is about football so happy. for a second. He loved it so much he made a Verizon commercial about <laughs> that it. That commercial is amazing. It is good. So <clears throat> I, I'll go. You you've definitely done I think you've done a really good job, actually. Yeah. Um you've got all the heavy hitters in here, which which is great. Um you've got some of my personal uh favorites to hate. So I I think you yeah. did a really good job. Um, Toronto's a little weird, I will admit, but um, a lot of people don't like Toronto just for the fact that it's Toronto. So I can see why you. So, why who, you did. so who would you have taken out, Rich? If you take Toronto out, who would you have put in there? Man, I don't even know. Um, Max Greenberg said uh, Philly should be on there simply for the offer sheet. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. I just don't think about them that much. Like, they don't cross my mind either. hardly ever. As a for Preds sure. fan, we're thinking from a Preds perspective here. We're not thinking yeah. from a hockey fan. We're thinking from a Predators yeah. perspective here. Narrow scope. Philly just, I mean, we play them twice a year. We have no, obviously we have no playoff history with them. Um, yeah, we have the, we have the uh, Ryan Ellis 
you know, thing about it, but that really doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I know that the Flyers wanted Shea Weber in the offer sheet there, but that really doesn't make it a uh, rivalry yeah. at, at all. I don't know. Like, I mean, Philly's yeah. one. Philly as as a sports town is a team in all sports that sports fans love to hate. No matter what sport you're talking about, whether it's uh, football, baseball, whatever, like because it's such a diehard sports town. Those those Philly sports. I was born in Philly, and I can tell you, Philly is a very. I, w- I would argue that Philly is way more hard, roughneck town than New York City itself. And let me oh, just wow. tell you why. When you're when you're in Philadelphia and you pull up on a four way stop and you wave at somebody that you don't know, you wave at somebody you don't know. They're going to give you the middle finger. They're going to give you the middle finger. And they're going to be like, why are you waving at me? I don't know you, dude. (laughs) Down in the the South, when you wave at somebody, they wave at you back. They're like, oh, yeah, you come through. You come through. No, you come through. No, in Philly, they're like, dude. Yeah. In the South, they wave and invite you to have some sweet tea with them. Now we'll say right. in Philly they're good people, they're blue collar, they're hardworking, but in sports in general, it's very much like they are diehard sports fans. So all the yeah. rivalry fans, they love to hate Philly sports teams. But yeah. I, I couldn't put them on the list because they're not a direct <laughs> yeah. rival of the Reds at all. So yeah, you know. So so when you put the bracket out, we got a few uh, Twitter responses with some people naming their teams that they didn't like um shepherd says pittsburgh dallas st louis chicago vegas and the ducks should definitely be the top six hated and then liz who i I think liz is one of our she won one of the contests we did um yeah she says chicago tampa pittsburgh vegas and dallas are my personal top five in that order so tampa good on you i I like that there you go Yep. Yeah. So I think I think I think you did a good job with your bracket, sir. I can't fault it very much. I was trying to nitpick, but there wasn't much there. Yeah. Not much. Winnipeg's there. the one team. Winnipeg's the one team where I can oh, really? say, okay, that's the honorable mention of the whole bracket is Winnipeg. I left Winnipeg out of it. There you go. They don't even have an airport. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Winnipeg doesn't even have an airport. That's funny. If that's true, that's crazy. But I don't know, Rich. Rich, why don't you try to book a flight to Winnipeg tomorrow and see how Uh, it works out for you? I'll just do that. Yeah, we'll see. But I but I left Winnipeg out of it. I left (laughs) Winnipeg out of it, even though it does still sting very much. Going back to uh, the President's Trophy year, guys. (laughs) I mean, the President's Trophy year. That you can argue that that sure. Predators team was better than the team before that that went to the Stanley Cup. I mean, they put all their chips into a basket. They went out and got Kyle Turris, if you remember, in that contract. They well, they won the they won the Presidents Trophy. They got that curse. They beat. They had to scratch and claw to beat a very inexperienced and young Colorado Avalanche team in the first round that year. I remember that. I remember <laughs> watching that first round and seeing a very young Nathan McKinnon and seeing a very young Miko mm-hmm. and seeing a very young Colorado Avalanche team 
push a very experienced President's Trophy Predators team to six games. We right. barely got past that first round. Then you scratch and claw to seven games against the Winnipeg Jets. And um, yep. Pecorine did everything he could and completely got ran out of the building. I hate to talk anything negative about Pecorine, our beloved yeah. Pecorine. We got to speak facts. That game seven was not his crown jewel. And he had a really bad game. And the Predators got ousted in game seven of the second round. Um, and they haven't made it to the second round since. But I still leave the Winnipeg Jets out of it because I'm going to say it right now. The Jets are irrelevant to me. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. I had them behind the Predators preseason-wise. Um, and so I'm not really thinking about them. I'm not worried about them. They've taken a step back. The Predators have taken a couple steps forward. Um, so I left them out. Yeah. I don't like them, but we're talking about top 16 teams. I left them out. So yeah, this is this is funny. Um, Nikki, n- not saying anything bad about Winnipeg, but he <laughs> says, "My mom's from Winnipeg. Believe me, you aren't missing much." <laughs> That's pretty funny. I bet I googled right, it. Well, it. It is a thirty-minute, like a good thirty-minute bus ride from the airport oh, to the to city to the of Winnipeg. I bet it's pretty up there, though. I bet. I, I think no, it is. Yeah, we're not beautiful. Yeah. We're not trashing Winnipeg, the city at all, for sure. No, yeah. I, I didn't put him in my bracket. So, Jets oh, fans, good. do not come at me tonight. Do not come at me. I left you out of it. All right, you're number seventeen. You're the, <laughs> for so sure. you're the first. You're you're the uh, what do they do in the March Madness now? They actually make an extra bracket to work your way in. They have the uh, oh uh, the bracket where you have to play your way in. Or whatever. Is that a thing? So that's what really? the Jets. That's what the Jets are. They have to play their the way in. They're not even in the action. Yeah, they're in the playing round. They're not even in the real bracket. So Jets fans, they're don't come the, at me. So uh, yeah, Rich, how about you share what our results are right now? If you got it in front of you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first poll <clears throat> that we put out was the the number one against the number eight, and that was the the Bruins against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins. And that just baffles my mind, but that's okay. Uh, The Penguins are 90% uh, against the Bruins, 10%. So I'm, I figured this is how this would go because, you know, you're going to be hard pressed to find any Predators fan who likes the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, I thought it would have been higher than that. I was surprised that somebody voted for Boston, but I know there's people that don't like Boston as much. So, I'm guessing that's what it is, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens if when uh, we think, first put the poll. Safe to put the Penguins in as a winner. Yeah, when we first put the poll out, like in the first 20 minutes, it was like 20 of the first votes were all Penguins. It was 100 percent to zero. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. some people came out there who don't like the Bruins, but uh, it's still I'm a sure runaway it's landslide, which we should all expect it there. I'm sure it's because of people don't like Brad Marchand. If I had to the guess. Brad Marchand effect. Probably sure. a lot of the, it. The, the Brad Marchand effect. So, but people that don't like him would love to have him on their team in most cases. So, all right. That's for sure. Um, so the next one we, uh, that, that we put out where was the hurricanes and the avalanche. 
That's a close and, one. That's got to be um, a close one. It, it's not as close as you'd think. It's not like the Bruins and the and Pittsburgh, but um, we have the Hurricanes at sixty three percent and the Avalanche at thirty seven percent. I'm that's another one that's pretty easy for me. I, I picked the Hurricanes, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, just for the sheer fact that their social media team are a bunch <laughs> of jerks. <laughs> Between like, the social media and the fan base, they they make yeah. me hate a team that I want to like. Same. Oh my gosh, I've, I've said that numerous times. Like all the players are really good. We've got one on our team now. They, they're a great team to watch. They're fun. Absolutely, but man. You just cannot cannot handle those other two facets of that team for some reason. And, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty easy pick for me, for sure. Yeah, Colorado. I was really – yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, sorry. Colorado coming in and just pub stomping Nashville this year really right. didn't hurt my feelings all that badly and a lot less after they just did it basically everybody. American history x the entirety of the playoffs. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, it just – it wasn't even a game most of the time. Yeah. It just if I didn't kind of felt I bad. didn't see that reference coming. I didn't see that I reference coming for the movie. Am I wrong? You're not am wrong. I wrong. It's such a You're good movie. Wrong. It's such it a, a good movie, movie, though. It's such a great movie. It it's is. one of my favorite movies of all time. And and now movie. that I think about it, I'm forever gonna think about the Preds yep. in American yep. History X and getting curb yep. stomped. And, you, <laughs> and Edward you, Norton is Nathan McKinnon. Um, <laughs> uh, man, that's a good Kyle. You amaze me every week. I guess if you if you wanted to look for something to vote for the Avalanche that you don't like them is because they swept so many teams. They didn't extend the hockey season out very far. We didn't get as much hockey as we should have. I mean, I guess you could vote for them that way. So but, I, um, I I, uh, I threw the Abs in there because of recency bias if, if anything i mean i made him a number four seed quite frankly if <laughs> this past season doesn't happen i don't even know if i would add the avalanche in this entire bracket right like they're not a they're not really a direct rival of the preds even though they are in the western conference and they have had some battles in the past mm-hmm. um but just going off this past playoffs yeah. and the fact that we had to the Preds had to have their first ever sweep. They had never been swept ever in their history. Yep. And so I figured, you know what? That's enough to garner a four seed in this tournament because yep. I'm sure there's plenty of Preds fans who just based on that fact alone are bitter and they're upset. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't know how this vote was going to go. We'll wait and see how it goes. We, we've got plenty of time left for people to vote. Yep. Follow us on at Catfish Ice to yep. vote on all these polls if you haven't already. Um, so, but right now, yeah, um, Canes yeah. are sixty three percent and Avalanche mm-hmm. are thirty seven percent. So, yep. overwhelmingly speaking, they're going for the Canes. Yep. Well, so before we go on to the next one, our friend on Twitter, Nikki Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, the answer was was just the um, the tweet from the Hurricanes accounts back in 2021 of banner jokes. And uh, so I think we, we know who uh, Nikki voted for definitely Carolina yeah. in that instance, because 
there's these banners that said like gave Seattle first franchise win, um, gave Kane second win of the season, just smart aleck stuff like that. They were so lame. The the, the social were, media oh, jokes were so lame. They were they it were gets, lame. It just gets low so hanging fruit. It's, it's what they call lone fruit. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. But uh, I mean, sure. the fact that you're still making banner jokes at this point, it's like it rolls off our our shoulders at this point. Like we don't even care. Like whenever someone makes a, a banner joke about the Predators, if you're a Predators fan, you just you, you like literally don't even pay attention to it anymore because it's no. you got to hearing that for like gotta years be a little now. more um, a little more smart about your if you're gonna say be a little like bit that. more creative. Like yeah, just be creative. a little more original. Be a little more creative, and we'll laugh. We, you know, you always got to be able to laugh at yourself, but these For banner sure. jokes are, are just so I, that's probably why the Canes are winning in that in that matchup right now. I guarantee that's why. <clears throat> um, all right. So the next one we have that we put out was uh, St. Louis against Minnesota. Once again, super easy pick for me um, right now. St. Louis is winning with 74 percent and Minnesota has 26 Um don't like St. Louis at all. Don't, don't, there's nothing good I can say. <laughs> um, so that was who I voted for was definitely St. Louis. So Kyle, who did you? I will jump in with St. Louis as well. Uh, <laughs> the, the Bortuzzo hit on our, yes. I, I can't get over that. That I can't, yeah, that soured me on the blues. My the company I work for is based out of Missouri. I'm sorry. So anybody that likes hockey from the main corporate office is a blues fan. Of course they are. So they'll come in and come in the quality office and they'll see my picture here, my my desk set up. I've got two monitors, and on one one monitor you have UC and Tanner Janot, and then on the other you have Yakov Trenin with blood running down his face. Yes. <laughs> so I, I get a lot of comments from corporate people whenever they come in. And uh yeah, they're just as obnoxious in person uh, oh, wow. as they are on the internet. Awesome. Don't fire me. If we, I need my job. If, if, so <laughs> yeah. Please don't fire me. I vote I voted for the St. Louis Blues as well. I voted for the yeah. St. Louis Blues as well. And I got to say, if we did this poll 20 or 30 years from now, they would still bring up the Bertuzzo hit on RV. Like, Absolutely. I mean, that's always going to be in the front of the minds of Predators fans, that hit Absolutely. that Bertuzzo took. And then, honestly, and, you know, we've got our buddy Mason, who uh, has been on the podcast twice. And there's a lot of uh, who does Blues Fan Reacts. He has a great YouTube channel. He's an awesome guy. He'll be back on again to talk uh, to talk hockey with us. But um, there's a lot of really good Blues fans out there, as there are in every fan base. There's a great fans. Of course there are. Yeah. But, um, but uh, it's so funny because I told him this straight up. I'm like, look, Blues fans, they changed when they won that cup. Oh, boy. When they won that cup, they started sticking their chest out. They started acting like their crap doesn't stink anymore. <laughs> they started acting like all of a sudden that they're badasses and their original six team and all this all this garbage. 
And it's like, come on now. It's like, all right, you finally won a cup. But they use that against Preds fans because we haven't won one, obviously. We're, ge- geographically speaking, we're very close together. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to a Blues-Preds game in St. Louis so bad. That's like next up on my list of um, oh, yeah. road environment that I want to go to. But um, I got to make sure I uh, go in there and don't get beat up. But, you know, either way um, – Max Greenberg said, I hated the Blues forever, even before the playoff series. <laughs> That's awesome. I will say this. I sat next to a Blues fan at the stadium series. It was one of the coolest people I've ever met. It was random. He said he goes to every single outdoor game. Oh, wow. How funny oh, is that? Cool. Oh, yeah. man, that would be awesome. Him and, him and his son, his son was like maybe seven, eight years old. They're up wow. there all bundled up and stuff, but he was super nice That's guy. Cool. He's like, we it's something I do with my son. We go to every That's single cool. outdoor game. That's awesome. Was, That's amazing. That's a really cool tradition there. There mm-hmm. are a lot of really good blues fans. I've met plenty of them when they come mm-hmm. to Nashville. Um, it, it's a really good rivalry. I mean, mm-hmm. I I love it. Like, I mean, that matchup in 2017 when the Preds were marching their way to the Stanley Cup, that second-round series against the Blues was um, such a knockdown, drag-out battle. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, they want to think about the Ducks series in the Western Conference Finals where the Preds um, figured out a way to, to knock the Ducks out, and everyone remembers that game six. But I got to tell you, the hardest series on that run – to the Stanley Cup to play the Penguins was actually against the Blues. That series mm. was was crazy. I, I remember thinking at the time, I don't know how we're going to get past the Blues. Um, and when they got past the Blues, I was actually way more confident about going up against the Ducks. Uh, the Blues have always been that team for, for a while now, for like – it for at least like seven or eight years, the Blues have been a team – that's just been constantly relevant. And they won a cup. They got a cup under their belt. They're going to be in contention again this year. They're a really good team. They've got so many really good veterans on that team. They're going to be back this year. So um, I met, that's why I made them the number two seed, geographically speaking. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that the poll, what were the poll results again, Rich, on that one right now? That one was. Um... 26% for Minnesota and 74% for St. Louis. I, I thought it would have been higher for St. Louis. I thought they'd be in the 80s, I, honestly. I did too, that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think – yeah, I don't know. Minnesota, like we, we talked about the, the series or the, when they played last season, those were some really rough games. And there was there was some shenanigans going on. Um, so, I think that might have something to do with it. People's – recent memory of of minnesota so ask the same question next offseason i think we're gonna have a different answer because like i said earlier minnesota and nashville are gonna have or they're probably gonna be duking it out for that third seed this year yeah in my opinion we said we kind of said it in the last episode we kind of did a whole segment on it where do we place the preds right now and I kind of said that I still slightly have St. Louis ahead of Nashville for second place behind the Avalanche, but um, that third place is completely up for grabs if you really want to talk about it right now. Sure. And so, 
you got the Preds, you got the Wild. So they're yeah, going to do some battles. A, they are. Omar, I hated the Jets and Dustin Bufflin. All right. I, I, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's definitely fair for sure. You're going to be hard pressed he, to find. He, he was a he was one of those types of players that definitely pushed the envelope and made. And man, he, when he decided he was going to dip out, boy, did he dip out! Yeah, he's like, "Peace, see ya later. Sure. I'm done. Bye." Yep. <laughs> the Jets uh, are the honorable mention of this bracket. That's the one team are. where okay, I probably could have put the Jets in there over like yep. the Capitals or the Bruins, but. Like yep. they have enough historically to be close to being in, mm-hmm. but then again, they're not relevant enough now to warrant being in. It's an odd situation. Yeah. So nobody's yeah. sending them Christmas cards. No, for sure. So we have we have one more from the left side of the bracket, and then we have actually a sneak peek uh, poll from the right side of the bracket. To, to end that. So um, the, the last matchup on the left-hand side is um, San Jose and the Dallas Stars. And I bet you can guess who's leading in this one. Um, it's Dallas. They are 79% against 21% for San Jose. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell everybody right now. I'll tell everybody right now. I'm, I'm in the 21%. I voted Sharks. I, I figured you were. Yeah. yeah, Chad. Everybody, if, say if people this, don't know. If people don't know. Chad is a closet Dallas Stars fan. No. Did you <laughs> see his eyes? <laughs> Wait a minute, Rich. Like you've already accused me of being a closet. You've already accused me of being a Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. fan. How many? Fa- how many teams do you think I'm a fan of? You were wearing a Tampa Bay shirt a couple weeks ago. It might have been the Rays, but people couldn't see the Rays part. I just feel saying, attacked right now. You're all good. I I will tell you, there are some players from Dallas that I do I really do like a lot. So I mean, I'm you know. Are you, and, are you not going to even? What, what kind of trial is this? Do I not get? Do I do I not, not get trial. to defend myself right trial. now? I'm just kidding. Right. I was just agreeing because you like, want the players, truth. You can't handle the truth. That's right. There's <laughs> players that I like, and I really like those green jerseys that they have. They're I love them. So I know my name is Kyle, but I love the Monster Energy jerseys. Oh, you like, like those, me. the black ones? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, I'm can I say green. why I voted for the Sharks? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed sure. to actually yeah. like explain myself here? Okay, yep. so for the longest time, before Rich even knew what a hockey puck was on not, not, not true, not true, and water. not true, not true. <laughs> Not true. I used to watch a long time I know. ago. I'm just giving you, I'm giving you a hard time. All right. Anyway, so early days when the Predators were going to the playoffs, they had yeah. good teams. They had really good teams. And they could <laughs> not get past the San Jose Sharks because the San Jose Sharks were bullies. They were bigger than them. They were stronger than them. They were mm-hmm. more skilled than them. They had a better goaltender than them. Yep. Maybe not a better goaltender than them, but you they had an equally good goaltender. Let me say that. Equally good yep. goaltender as there the Predators. Really, all the Predators had was a great goaltender. They had to they had to hope that the that they could win a game two to one against the Sharks. Mm-hmm. But the Sharks, they were so big and they were bullies. 
and they would push them around and and the predators they were the little engine that could and they were trying their best and we were all cheering for them much much different vibes than what we feel about the predators today and so every time you were going up against the sharks in the playoffs as a predators fan you were just like well participation trophy at least we made it at least we made it to the playoffs there's no way we're going to get past this team this team is gigantic i mean they were and and they'd still never won a stanley cup so that that speaks to how sharks fans feel because those teams were so loaded with talent but for sure the predators couldn't get past those teams and i still can't forget that so in this particular matchup sharks versus stars Yep. As much as I dislike the stars, I actually do have – I'm not a stars fan, closet stars fan like Rich says, <laughs> but I do have a lot of respect for the stars. I do. I have a respect for the way they play. Um, I know that, Rich, you don't want Jamie Ben, and a lot He's of the Preds one, fans don't. He is the one that I don't. Yeah, for sure. He is, a, he is the prototypical player that you love him if he's on your team. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he is Definitely. a very, very great leader for his team. Uh, I really like Tyler Sagan. Um, yep. I, I like their young core that they have. Jason Robertson is an easy player to cheer for. They, they're they a very similar team to the Preds in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They're a very hardworking, hard-hitting team. So yep. I, I voted for the Sharks because I, I'm thinking about revisionist history here, and I can't get the bad taste out of my mouth that the Sharks kept the Predators from – getting over for that sure. first round hump for so long for sure so all right yeah. and they don't have radulov anymore they don't smashville stewart welcome i just can't get mad at the sharks they're the only cali team no well, you got the kings too we got the kings is, he, he is that sarcastic was that a sarcastic oh. Oh, okay uh, maybe i don't know but so what where I, I, what happened I, I, with Radulov? Where'd he go? I haven't been keeping he's up. He's in the KHL. Week. He's playing for AK Bars. Is he? Okay. Yep. I, I couldn't put the LA Kings in the I couldn't put the LA Kings in the bracket in the 16 team bracket because um Nobody, I can't I hate like any team. Teams. I can't no, I, I can't well I can't hate any team that uh RV's on. Like yeah. miss the dude. I, I like Jonathan I mean, Quick too. I, so. Yeah, Jonathan Quick, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I was so happy to see Arvidsson have a really good – he had a really mm-hmm. quality year with yeah, L.A. last year. I mean, he it didn't fade away. Good. I was worried – I was really worried that Arvidsson was going to fade away somehow yeah. in, into oblivion, but he didn't do that. He had a really <laughs> decent year for the Kings last year. I think he got year. hurt. I think he got hurt into the, the season, but, yeah, he had a really good year for sure. Anyway. Yeah, Kings aren't – Kings aren't on my radar at all for most yep, hated not teams. at all. They're not even anyway, close. over overwhelmingly everybody picked the stars. Um and I you can pinpoint it like like Kyle said, it was definitely Corey Perry, uh, I would say has had, <laughs> had a lot to Perry do with that. Um, Corey Perry effect. If you put yeah. the ducks and the stars together in this first round, the whole bracket would explode. I oh, mean yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't want that to happen, so I didn't do it's, it. It's a Chuck Norris fighting John Wick situation. <laughs> it's just right. that's good. planet implosion. 
That's a good one. <laughs> Fair enough. For sure. That would have been a tough choice there. Yeah. Just fans just can think back to the to the the um, the outdoor game and the anger, the anger that we had uh, against Corey Perry at that time is just. I mean, it's still fresh in everybody's mind. So I, I guarantee that's uh, that's what the it casual. Was. I'm telling you right now, the casual hockey fan probably thinks that Corey Perry still plays for the Dallas Stars, and that's why they voted for him. That might be true. And uh, oh, this is a good point. Um, Nikki Fiala, uh, Kevin Fiala is now an LA King. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I like that. I'm, I'm down with that for sure. I'm telling for you right sure. now, the cash, I'm telling you right now, the average casual Facebook Nashville Predators fan probably thinks that Corey Perry still plays for the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Just going to leave that right there for sure. All right. So we're going to do a preview of the right hand side. Um, this one is the biggest landslide out of them all so far. And you're going to absolutely understand why. So we have, we have at number eight, the Washington Capitals and at number one, the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, it's 97% Chicago right now. 97%. So 97%. Who Everybody, voted for the Caps? I don't know. Uh, some, some, I don't even know. How Someone who doesn't know? like Ovechkin, I can promise you. I'll just leave you that. Who but, doesn't yeah. like Ovechkin? That's what I don't understand. Um, maybe it's yeah, somebody yeah, who doesn't like Tom Wilson is what Tom exactly. Wilson. Maybe that's what they that's a good one. That it's more likely that it's Tom Wilson actually. I threw the, <laughs> yeah. the capital, like I said, I probably could have switched out the Capitals with the Jets, maybe, but um, there's probably not a lot of Preds fans who have a ton of hatred for the Capitals. It's not a direct rivalry, but yeah. I had to throw in a team that has a superstar like Ovechkin just because there are a lot of people who just like can't stand the superstars like they want to because they're greedy and they're 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 jealous and they're like oh i want right. to i want to be as good as that team or whatever that's why i made them the eight seed i mean i knew that the blackhawks were going to run away with their first round matchup but 97 percent. wow for sure yeah this is crazy right who's who's going to take down the blackhawks is the real question in this whole bracket I'm pretty sure we need an upset. We need an I'm upset. Pretty sure the only upset. way somebody is going to upset the Blackhawks is if another team collectively goes out and burns down an orphanage full of nuns and blind <laughs> children. That is literally the know. only way the Blackhawks are going to yeah. lose this. Or, let's look at the right hand. Let's look at the right hand of the bracket here. I actually think that the Lightning. We'll, we'll give the Blackhawks a run just because a lot of people hate the Lightning just because they won two in yeah, a row and whatnot. I actually think Vegas and the Red Wings, I'm telling you, old school Predators fans are going to vote for the Red Wings over the Blackhawks. So it, they're probably going to make it to the championship round, and then we'll see if they go up against the Penguins or, uh, let's see, the Stars might make it the Blues. It might be a Blackhawks-Blues final round. I don't know, mm. but. It could be. If I had to guess right now, <clears throat> it's going to be Chicago and Pittsburgh. If if I had to guess, but you're going you chalk. Know. You're going. You're going the two one seeds up against yeah, each other. You, you know, you never I know. Don't know. Considering of- this poll is on Twitter, and the Twitter people's know Carolina, so that's well. Carolina's you know. the dark horse to come in from that side. You're you're right. 
you're right. Um, that's 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 absolutely and we don't right. have any we don't have any barriers here. You don't have to be a Preds fan to vote on this no. poll. So who knows? There might be there no, might be some people not. who sneak into these polls who just want to like knock down a team they don't like, and they're not even a Preds fan. So it's not completely scientific. We apologize. We're not scientists here, but we're doing the best. It's not we can. rocket so, appliances. <laughs> it's no, not rocket it's surgery. Not. But we will see how it goes. Next week, we will have full results on the first round, and we will announce who made it to the second round. And we will just – this is going to take us all the way to the regular season. So enjoy it, folks. All right, so guess what? It's episode 141 of Catfish and Ice. We still have to continue our National Predators season preview as we're breaking down every single player on this team and what we expect for this upcoming season from these players. And so tonight we're doing Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlin, and Philip Tomasino, three very important players to the top six of this team. These three players absolutely have to show up if the Predators are going to be a playoff team again, obviously. So we're about to preview their seasons. Before we get into that, we are presented by DraftKings and Guess what, everybody? Even though hockey season is a little bit a ways away, we've got college football season right around the corner. I'm talking like you can see it. It's right there in front of you. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook to celebrate the best time of year. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. So I don't I don't know if anyone remembers, but I am sadly a Vanderbilt football fan, so college football is kind of sad for me every year. But I still cheer for that team every year. I went to my first football game when I was like five years old, and I never awesome. forgot it. So I'm a Vanderbilt football fan. I went and saw Vanderbilt play Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame was a top five team at the time. They played in Nashville. I remember seeing the gold helmets um, and all that stuff. And I remember it was like I was with my dad, and I remember just thinking, like, this is so cool. And uh, it was a really close game. And uh, I think this would have been like 1994 was the year. And Vanderbilt's always been my team. So uh, that's my team in college football. Uh, I know you guys have, are Kentucky guys. I have never been to a college football game that I can well, think of. You got to change that. I haven't either. Well, Kentucky. Hey, Kentucky's a top twenty-five team this year, so you better get on board. Yeah, that means you won't be able to get tickets. Oh, there was <laughs> they were hard to get anyway. Well, a few years ago, you, you know, you could get them all day because they were horrible. Um, but the, you they're know, better now though. They're still they. It's still a tough ticket, even when they're horrible. Everybody, you know, hoards those uh, tickets. So, but yeah, that might be fun to go to sometime. I've never been. <clears throat> you can never also been. do same game parlays. So you can do stuff like who's going to score more points, what's the final score going to be, who's going to score first. You can combine all this stuff into multiple games throughout <laughs> your college football Saturday. If you're a big college football fan, then you know. There are so many games every Saturday. You can have so much fun with the DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's right around the corner. And with our promo code THPN, like I said, 
You can have so much fun with this and take advantage of this offer. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling pop. Problem, call 1 800 Gambler in Tennessee. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. One per customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200, $200 issued as eight. $25 free bets. Rich, you're making me laugh, man. Stop. It. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. It's all I hear are numbers, numbers, <laughs> letters, numbers, $200 bet. Win or lose. Oh, by the way, Max Greenberg has something personally he wants to say to you here on the thing. On the personal I think so. It seems personal to me. My Deeks will beat Vandy without our starting quarterback in week two. All right, give me a chance. I feel so attacked in this episode, know, by man. the way. Like, like Kyle's attacking me. Rich is attacking me. Now Max I'm is sorry. attacking me. Gosh, I'm, I'm so attacked. You. All right, first of all, Max Greenberg, I love you. I will buy you a beer the next time I see you. But guess what? You are a closet. No, you're not even a closet. You're a Tennessee Vols fan, so you hate Vandy just you you're a walking hater of Vandy. And so you're going to say Vandy's going to lose to anybody. Guess what? Oh. Vandy is beating Vandy is beating wake Forest. We can make a wager right now. Put it in the comments. What do you want to wager? We'll place it right wow. now on episode 141. Wow. That's... Come on, Max Greenberg, put it out there. Vandy That's is good. beating wake Forest this year. Come on now. We're only worried about the sec schedule. We're not worried about wake Forest. Who is Wake Forest? What do they play yeah, in the ACC? Know. That's not even real football. Oh, Max Greenberg are we talking? Said. Are we talking basketball? Are we back, Max? Are we talking basketball? <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's putting twenty five dollars up. All right, twenty five dollar bet. Uh, Matt, Max Greenberg, are we talking basketball here? Or are we talking football? All right, because ACC. I'm sorry. Vandy, Vandy's beating Wake Forest this year in football. Basketball, I'd, be, I'd actually be more worried if it was basketball. But now if we're talking SEC, no bets that's, for me. We're probably going to lose every game. But different ACC. Definitely, yeah. The, the <laughs> SEC is like – that's why it's such a feat that Kentucky is where they are is because the SEC is just like – it's a gauntlet. They're just monster teams in the SEC. All right, so Max Greenberg is buying me dinner. $25 bet, that equals dinner. So he's going to buy me dinner next next spring when the college football season's over is what there we got go. out of that. Because Vandy is beating Wake Forest. We'll, we'll revisit like this. All right. Like the it. only bet in the entire country over Vandy-Wake Forest is between me and Max right now because no one else cares about that game. You can bet on DraftKings because it says win or lose. We can. We can bet on DraftKings. There you go. All right, let's get on with it with our National Predators 2022-23 
season preview with our next three players. Let's get it started off first with Ryan Johansson, mm. big time player. He had, particularly speaking, broke out scoring wise last year, goals wise. He's never been a big goal scorer since he's been with the Predators. And last year, he decided he was going to score some goals. I know that Kyle has had a lot of really good um, takes on why that happened. So, Kyle, how about you start us off with what happened with Ryan Johansson last year? Why did he score so many goals? And what do you expect from him going into this upcoming season for the Preds? Uh, there was a lot of times in the year that uh, uh, Ryan was used very well on the power play. A lot of his goals were power play goals. Uh, Ryan's a big guy. He's like mm-hmm. 6'3", 220, one of the biggest guys on the team, actually. Uh, put him up next to the net and let him get some dirty, greasy goals. I mean, guy's good at it. Uh, so keep using him that way on that power play. It seems to work. Leave him there. Uh, and one thing that I've got a lot of hope for, and I know I brought this up to the point of being borderline annoying, Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter have a history. Yeah. And I'm pulling, I pulled it up. I pulled up their stats from 2009, 2010, when they were on the uh, Portland Winterhawks together on the line together. Um, Johansson had 69 nice points in the regular season, and Nino had 60 in the regular season. In 13 playoff games, they in, each had 18 and 16 points. So pretty, pretty nice little line going there. So they're, they're hopefully they'll go like nice fitting old gloves and just mesh right up and go back to their, their elite play. Uh, I really, I really think that their games are going to complement each other. I really do. Because uh, my thing about it is, Johansson is a pretty physical player and people who don't watch the Predators regularly, maybe they don't, they don't follow the Predators. Maybe they're a fan of another team, but if you watch the Predators every game, like we all do, and you really, you really follow the team closely. Johansson is a player that's not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to get in there rough, rough and tuck. And um, the big criticism on Johansson for almost his entire time since he's been with the Predators up until last year is just shoot more, man. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know that seems like such a basic thing. And I I know that the most casual hockey fan who's maybe only watched it for one year will say, just shoot, man. Why why aren't you shooting? I know it's way more complicated than that sometimes, but in Johansson's case, it's actually a very fair statement to make about him. Sometimes the dude just needs to shoot more. And, I, mm-hmm. and and he finally did last year. He was way more aggressive last year. But he was but as Kyle said, he was also in the right places at the right times on the power play. He put up 11 power play goals last year. His previous career high was 7 and that was going all the way back to 2014-15. So since he became a, pre, a member of the National Predators from the Columbus Blue Jackets, he had never had that kind of power play production. So 24 points on the power play last year, which was also second best in his career, also going back to 2014, 2015. So 
there was a reckoning to be had for him this past year on the power play. So that's something that John Hines and company need to make sure that they replicate. And you got to think it will replicate if Neo Nina Ryder's in the mix. For sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I look at his statistics from last season, um, and I know, you know, the year before was a shortened season or whatever, but he actually had more points last season than he did in the past two seasons combined. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it himself in both of those past two seasons that he didn't play up to expectations. He knows he makes a lot of money. And I think last season was really good for him. I think he kind of got his swagger back a little bit. Um, he was shooting more, scored more, scored more goals. He hasn't scored that many goals since uh, the 2014-15 season when he had 26 as well. So um, mm-hmm. it's good to see. They, they got to have production out of him. Um, we all remember that he was on the uh, on the unprotected list to go to Seattle, which I'm sure that lit a fire under him as well as it did Matt Duchesne. Um, so I think with him – playing as well as he as he is next season is going to be even better, I think. So it's exciting to see him um, play that well. It, it really is. It really is crazy to think about the fact that the Predators, and we're not to no, to no fault, fault of their own. We totally agreed with it at the time. But it's crazy to think that the Predators left – Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson mm-hmm. unprotected in the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Yep. And both of those players ended up having well, Matt Duchesne for sure had a career season. Johansson yeah. had close to a career high season going back mm-hmm. to his blue jackets days. And it's just mm-hmm. crazy to think about it. Like when you really think about it, like these two players were left unprotected. No one took them because of their contracts. Yep. And look at how they responded. And that's that's big kudos to those two players. For sure. For stepping up. For stepping up. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting. If they can if they can do that again this season, man, they're gonna be sitting in a good position, I think. So So let's go Very to our next player who is also this player, I'm I'm sorry. I know he gets a lot of credit but I still think he is not respected and loved enough. And I don't think people realize how important this player is to this team. And that's Mikel Granlin. Uh, w- there were so many great individually awesome seasons last year. When we think about Forsberg and Yossi and Duchesne. And for that reason, Mikel Granlin kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was basically not coming back to this team. Like, even <laughs> even the top reporters over the offseason were saying he's going to another team, he's testing the market, blah, blah, blah. Yep. At the final hour, he came back, mm-hmm. you know. And I can't, I can't help but think what would have happened if he didn't come back to this team. This not this past offseason, obviously, but the offseason before that, 2021. Um, if he doesn't come back to this team, I'm sorry, but it would have made such a massive difference. And I don't think the Predators would have made the playoffs. He he yeah. <laughs> so first of all, first of all, Grandland was one assist shy 
of tying the single season record with Paul Correa in assist in a season if you take out Roman Yossi's equally historical season this past year. Right. So he had 53 assists, Granlin did. Korea had 54 assists. Yossi had 73 assists. So Granlin's third on the all-time single-season list in assists for the Predators, but no one thinks about that because Yossi had a great season. And Granlin fell one assist short of Korea, but he had a—he was dishing out dimes like, like yeah. nothing, like like it was nothing. And who was the the recipient of a lot of those assists? Forsberg and Duchesne. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's what we need to see again this season for sure. Yeah, I mean, he had a great season, and I will totally agree with you. He is doesn't seem appreciated as much as he should be. Um, 53 assists, man. I mean, that's just what, – what can you say? I mean, I don't know what else you can say about him. He's just playing really well, and it's good to see him finally um, gel, I guess. I don't know how – use getting to see him being used correctly by the coach, I don't, I don't know what would be a good way to put it. but um, No, you're right. Yeah, he's – He's awesome. I mean, he's one of my favorite players for sure. And if you just put in his offensive things, he's a great player. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the entire other side of the ice, the things he's doing defensively. If you look at average time on ice for the team, Roman Yossi's 25 minutes, Matias Ekholm's 23, Alexander Alexander Carrier is right at 21, Mikhail Granlin is 20 and 20 point two five minutes per game. Wow. So he's leading the he, forwards. He's leading the forwards. He he is the most by all forwards and he leads several of the defensemen in ice time. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's very telling. Right there. He's too. out there on the penalty kill. He's out there on the power play. He is literally the workhorse of this team and he doesn't get very much credit for it at all. Uh, Philip Forsberg, uh, Matt Duchesne do not have their seasons they had without him. No. Uh, it's how many times did you see them skating away after a goal pointing at Granlin because of the setup that was just <coughs> ungodly that he had gave them? It was just a tap in. Yep. But there was literally nothing the goalie could do because of how good his setup move was. That is so underrated and so undervalued. Uh, it's not as flashy as a goal, but you have to have those to get those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sure. no one re- no one really thinks about the fact that Granlin's actually, he's got a physical edge to him. Like, he's not a, a little guy. <clears throat> he's not as, as finesse of a player as, as he comes off as. Uh, yeah. and th- that's, that's a big part of it there. Like, I mean, when he first came here, everyone was expecting like the 70 point score that he was basically or close to being when he was traded mm-hmm. here for, uh, Fiala, Kevin Fiala. And, uh, he, he got off to a rocky star here. Like he did, but, um, was that really to his fault or was it just the fact that this team was kind of a mess when he first came here? And I would go with the fact that the team was kind of a mess when he came here. Yep. And so now you're seeing this team finally start to get some stability. And what do you know? 
a, a very talented player like Mikel Granlin is starting to find his way. And all of a sudden he's a 60 plus point scorer again. So that is, uh, that, that's just an awesome thing to see. But as uh, Kyle just said, and as Rich was saying as well, physical player, he's, he's a two-way player, actually. He was, um, let's see. I mean, among the Fords, I mean, he still put up 92 hits, 92 hits last year. So, I mean, and like you're talking about a two-way player. You're talking yeah. about a two-way player here. He does it all. Like, he took a lot of face-offs. He took a lot of blocks. He, of course, he put out the assists. The only, if I'm nitpicking right now, the only thing, and I know he has <laughs> it in him, the only thing I need to see out of Mikel Granlin is, yeah, I'd like to see him score a little bit, a few more goals. I mean, obviously, I would like to see that. If you're going to be a top six player, even as a mm-hmm. center, even if you're putting up 53 assists in a season, I would still like you to see to see you score some more goals. Obviously, that's that's my only thing I can nitpick him on. I mean, he scored 11 goals last year. I mean, obviously, he's a top six player with his talent. You'd like to see more goal production than that. But when you're putting out 53 assists and when you're two line mates or having career years, you yep. can live with it. You can live with him not putting up. But 11 goals is a you can you. It's very fair to want more. Yeah, in that yeah. regard. Yeah, that's the yeah, only nitpick I can give him. Yeah, truthfully, um, and and really, the the most goals he's ever scored was twenty six in Minnesota. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, he's not like prolific or anything. But he only had yeah. a, he, so he only had one hundred and seventeen shots last year on goal, which is yeah. way below his years yeah. prior when he played for full seasons with uh, Minnesota. He he had seasons in Minnesota where he put up 160 shots, 177 shots, 193 shots. His uh, year he got traded to Nashville, he put up 189 shots. This past wow. season in 80 games, in 80 games, he played almost the full season, he only put up 117 shots. So yeah. he was definitely more of a distributor this past year and not a shooter, which is fine. I mean, no one's going to knock him on it, but maybe show a little bit more aggression. But when, like I said, when you're when your line mates are having career type seasons like Forsberg and Duchesne had, you can live with it. Yeah, and then don't and you didn't want to force the issue and shoot more. So, cause yeah. and that's fair. No, and that's yeah. fair. No, yep. Yeah. But I, I, I can promise you, I can promise you, he's thinking about that though. I, yeah. I, these these players, they they, as much as they as they want to be distributors, they want to score as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think that he will um, be a little bit more aggressive this year as well. And and I mean, those shot totals are way below his career averages this past year. So it'll be interesting to see if if his game changes a little bit. Obviously, we have to figure out what his line is going to look like with the addition of Nino Niederreiter. So let's go to our next and final player preview of tonight's episode, episode 141 of Catfish on Ice. Let's go to Philip Tomasino. And do we actually think that he's going to be in the top six with with most likely a line of Ryan Johansson, maybe Nino Niederreiter on that line? We don't know for sure. 
But do we think that he's going to be in the top six? Do we think he's worthy of a top six role? I'll start it off, and then we'll go to Kyle. Here's my thing about Philip Tomasino. He's earned it. If not now, then when is my point of it. So put him in there, test him, see what he does. Give him at least a 10-game slate, unless he's just completely awful and he's costing the team games and he looks completely lost, which I don't think that's going to happen because he proved it last year that he's ready for the moment. So put him in that role, let him flourish, let him prove it, and then you go from there. If 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 he's struggling, if he's not, if he's having a hard time, then maybe you make a switch and you move him out of the top six. But I think that Philip Tomasino needs to be in the top six to open up the season. No doubt about it. I agree. Uh, if you look at last season's stats, Phil is actually seventh on the team in points. Um, yeah. So. It's not like he was slacking last year. Uh, my big thing is if you put him on a line with Joey and Nino, those two dudes are going to create space. Mm-hmm. Between Ryan and Nino, there's just there's a whole lot of dude there. I mean, <laughs> and both of those guys like to dip that shoulder and you know move some people out of the way. Phil, whenever he's got a few feet to make a move, can do some stuff with the puck that is absolutely ridiculous. There was a lot of times this last year he was trying to make moves and his line mates were not able to help give him that space and he wasn't mm-hmm. able to show what he's truly capable of doing. Part of that's on him. You got to make your own space. But if you want to give a young guy two guys to run with that are going to give him some room, let him kind of blossom into what you're hoping he's going to be. That's two guys I would want him with because, you know, he's not going to get messed with a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Joe Hansen 100% will go after a guy after that whistle blows. Yeah. He 100% will not let somebody mess with his teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love it. I think honestly, if he's on that line, He's a 20-plus goal scorer. He's 50 points, 50 points, 20 goals, I think, fairly easily, especially if he gets good, solid power play two time. Uh, I got a lot of high hopes for Phil this year. Well, think about – we'll go to – I want to get – we'll go to Rich, <clears throat> but I just wanted to say real quick, based on what you just said, Kyle, I totally agree on the fact that it's, it's a perfect position for – you to put Philip Tomasino in if you're a coach right now is you already know that he's got the talent, but obviously still a very young player. So Mm -hmm. could you imagine putting him in that position where, I mean, he's going to have so many opportunities to thrive. If you put him on a line with two veterans like Johansson and Niederreiter, and that's probably the most exciting factor in the Niederreiter edition is what it can do for Tomasino because he's going to be on a line where he's probably not going to be the focal point, like for the opposition necessarily. So like you said, Kyle, he's going to have some open space to work most likely because you're going to have Niederreiter and Johansson out there doing their thing. 
and hopefully that can create some really good prime scoring opportunities for Tomasino. The big question is, can Tomasino, is he ready to live up to it? Because you can be set up all you want by great players, but can you finish? Can you yep. finish? Ellie Tolvanen had a hard time finishing last year. Can Tomasino finish? If 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 Nita Ryder and Johansson are going to set him up and put him in good opportunities to score in high danger areas, is Tomasino ready at his very, very young age to finish in those opportunities? That's that's going to be the big question. Yeah, for sure. I think it's funny you mentioned Tolvanen because that's – those two names are the are the two that everybody's kind of penciling in on the second line anyway. So um, I think it's going to come down to definitely one of those two being in that position. And unfortunately for whoever loses out, they're probably going to be on the fourth line, which um, I don't really want to see Tomasino down there. I want to see him have a really good training camp. And then, and then, like you said, start the season. Um, he had a really good season last year. Um it was kind of a sneaky good season. He did some really good things. He had some growing pains. We saw a few things happen, but um, overall it was great. And uh, I was looking up the on NHL.com. He was actually the 13th uh, in points out of all the rookies last season, which is that's pretty strong. There were so, some really good rookies last year. And there were some really good rookies last year. The rookie class last year was so loaded. The rookie yeah, class sure. was so loaded last year. There were so many yeah. rookies. They were just really yep. good, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember his first goal he scored in the NHL this uh, this past mm-hmm. season, where he was like he scored that nifty little bank shot off Shesterkin against yep. the Rangers. It was early in the season. I mean, the dude really did come in and play beyond his years and his experience. Yep. And he very much in a very different way. But he got overlooked because there were so many individually great years. So we got like, we just got kind of blinded by, and Mm -hmm. rightfully so, but we got blinded by what Yossi was doing, by what Mm -hmm. Forsberg was doing, by what Duchesne was doing. And we, we, and and Janot, yeah, Janot. And we just kind of forgot about the fact that, I mean, it was, it was a really great year for so many good players on this team and young Mm -hmm. players. And yeah. so when it comes to Thomas Dino, I mean, this is a big year for him. Uh, but sure here's is. the thing about Thomas Dino is <clears throat> I don't think we should just over be overconfident in the fact that his point production – I would love to see 50-plus points like Kyle brought up. And and it, it could happen, especially playing with Johansson and Niederreiter. But even if he doesn't reach – that that plateau of 50 plus points this year he's such a young player i just need to see him be confident in a top six role and not be a liability play to the benefit of the team in those big pressure roles in top six minutes and be consistent I don't, you know, the, the last thing we need is for him to have shaky play and then John Hines has to force his hand and make lineup changes halfway through the season. Next thing you know, yeah. you're shaking up the top six. You're having to throw Tolden in there who might not be ready. You might have to break up the herd line and throw in, mm. uh, you know, I've been very vocal of the fact that I don't think the herd line should be broken up into the season, even though I think Tanner Janot is very worthy 
It's the, to no fault of Tanner Janot's own. I think that if you put Tanner Janot in the top six, he could be a decent player. But I just yeah. don't like the thought of that, of breaking up mm-hmm. that chemistry to open the season, shaking the apple cart, as you will. So Tomasino is a very important player to all this plan here, this master plan going into the season. You need Tomasino to be ready for that role. And it's Absolutely. a big thing to ask. That's a big thing to ask of such a young player. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll benefit if he can if he can do well. I think he'll benefit um, with some consistent line mates. I think that's one thing he mm-hmm. probably would do well with. So hopefully, like like you said, hopefully he can come out, start the season off good, and, and doesn't have to be shifted around or anything because. Because you gotta you gotta think if Tomasino performs well and he's he get he gains the confidence of the coaching staff that he can then your top six is set like you don't even have to think twice yeah. about it unless you have mm-hmm. injuries which injuries injuries obviously happen but your top yep. six is set like you don't have to think mm-hmm. twice about it your top six is set when is the last time the Predators felt confident fully in their top six it's been a while it's been a while, been a while. <laughs> for sure definitely been a while. You had the Jofa line, even in the heyday of the Preds when they were going to the Stanley Cup, you had the Jofa line, and then you had Craig Smith, and you had some good role players. But even then, the top six was not completely set. So right. if you can have a very confident top six, Tosino is kind of that final piece right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we'll worry about the fourth line. I mean, you have plenty of options for the fourth line. You have so many plug-and-play type of players that you can plug into the fourth line when it comes to Novak or Cole Smith or, you know, you can go on and on. So, totally. I'm not worried about the fourth line. Cody I'm not worried Glass, about the fourth line. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not worried about the fourth line. The fourth line, you have plenty of options. You need Tomasino to be ready for that top six role. That's a big critical piece. Absolutely. Love it. All right. So that is our that that continues our National Predators 2022-23 player preview with Tomasino, Johansson, and Granlin. We will have more players next week's episode. We're counting down to the start of the new season. We'll do every player. We're gonna break down every player preview, every one of them. All right, to round out episode 141 tonight, presented by DraftKings Catfish on Ice podcast with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. Let's get an update on what's going on in the World Junior Hockey Championship. We've got uh, Joachim Kamel is out there. Jimmy Kimmel. He is out there. Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. He's out there making things happen for Finland. I know they lost to Canada. To be expected, they lost six to three. But uh, Kimmel is actually out there. He's got three goals in this tournament. He's looking the part on a big stage. He has already almost set the record for a Preds prospect in the World Juniors points. In fact, I think he's beaten it now. I think nine is. I think he's beaten it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the record was eight. Well, he had he had four points it, after his first game. Yeah, he had two goals, um, two assists after his first game. And also, the guy the Predators should have taken in twenty one 
is if you open up the I, IIHF's stats page, it's literally Mason McTavish, Yoakam Kimmel, and Aturati. I'm still really, really salty that they did not draft Aturati. I like Svechkov and I like LaRue, but Rati is bad. Mm. He, is, he is a bad man. Uh, but yeah, Finland has been looking really, really good, but Canada is Canada and the United States have looked par excellence for the group. Yeah. Um, uh, was stoked to see Latvia get a win, and there I think it was yeah. that was their first ever win in World Juniors, and oh, wow. the only the only reason they're in the tournament is Russia is not allowed to play, and yep. Their, it was either their captain or their assistant captain was doing interviews after the games. They hope we can get some ice cream. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, oh the, and you realize these are kids. These yeah. are, these are kids. So, uh, yeah, you saw the, uh, the tweet from TSN sports was, uh, the moment Latvia won their first ever world juniors preliminary game. And it just showed the players all like huddling around each other. And it was really cool. It was a really cool mm-hmm. thing to see uh, because, like you said, these are these are young kids that this is yeah. like the pinnacle. For a lot of these players, this is the pinnacle of their hockey careers. Like, yes, they might go on to professional leagues around, but the goal is to always obviously make the NHL. But, uh, yeah, they beat Czechia 5-2 to two, actually. And, uh, yeah, just a really cool thing for them. So, we'll see. I'm not sure who they play next. I don't have to look that up. But um, do you know who they play next, Kyle? I'm looking. uh, One second. They lost 27 games before they won. They play Sweden next. Wow. All right. They got a chance there. They got a chance. I mean, they're probably – it's going to be tough, but they got a chance. Anton Olsen, uh, the Preds prospect for Sweden, is not looking super awesome. Oh, well, I think he had injuries. He, he didn't even play like the first game or two. Really? Uh, I'm not really yeah. sure. I know Simon Knack is playing for Switzerland. Mm. Um, yeah, he's, also, he's on their top. He's actually the captain. Simon Knack's the captain for Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that team is – that team has very few weapons, Switzerland. Mm, like he's yeah. pretty much all they got. But uh, – It's cool. Good old Jimmy Kimmel. Wait, Making a splash already. Probably, it's probably uh, – it's probably a collision course for uh, USA and Canada once again. Mm-hmm. And once uh, – when we talked – when we talked to uh, Eric from On the, on the Future yeah. – uh, last week, he pretty much broke it down into really simple terms and made it kind of understandable that since this tournament got moved to uh, August because of COVID and it got canceled um, and actually made it even more top heavy, this tournament, because a lot of players for some of these teams, uh, these underdog teams who, you know, nor- in a normal tournament, you would have, have – each team would at least have a few NHL prospects, like top-end first-round prospects. Yeah. But since it got reschooled and training camp is so close, your top NHL prospects are are getting ready for training camp and mm-hmm. competing. They're 
not going to yeah. play. They they for they didn't they decided not to play in this tournament because it's in August. So smart. Uh, that actually hurt teams, the underdog teams. It actually hurt them more than it hurt teams mm-hmm. like Canada and USA who are deeper. Canada yeah. and USA, they're so deep. They have so many prospects. Good. These other teams like Sweden and Switzerland and all these you know, all these other teams, they don't have that deep of a pool. So when their top players decide to not play in this tournament, it, it actually hurts them way more than it hurts yeah. Canada and USA. For sure. So. Yep. Awesome. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap this up. We got a good hour and a half in the offseason. Yeah, That's pretty good, right, guys? That is for the offseason for sure. I've got one closing stat, and it's from our buddy Jay Fresh. Oh, cool. He, he, he posted a thing the other day, and it was the projected hits per 60 minutes by forwards. And this is the top 25 list for this coming season, and Nashville has two players represented on this list. <laughs> at, at number 18, you have Tanner Janot with 12.9 All per right. 60 minutes. Pretty pretty bad dude. And then sure. at number 12, the even badder dude with an estimated 13.9 hits per 60 minutes, Ellie Tolvanen. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, that That's was the part of his game last season that that uh, actually was was shining was was the that that uh, stat there. I remember that. I mean, he's in he's in the same area as Brendan Lemieux, Nick Foligno, uh, Brady Tuchuk. Okay, <laughs> devil's advocate here. De- devil's advocate. I'm playing devil's advocate here. That screams fourth line role play for me, though. Here, Ellie Tolvanen. If he doesn't, yeah, he start was doing it on the second though, line last year, though. That's yeah, true. I don't know. I. I my patience is starting to run like kind of like a little thin for him. Like I need him to show me something this year, but if he can, if he can to that fourth line role, then he can still be a valuable asset to this team. Uh, But if if he doesn't start living up to his talent of scoring goals, then I don't know where he fits on this team and he might become trade bait. Yeah, for sure. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure if you haven't voted yet at Catfish Ice on Twitter, vote or comment. Either way, we'll tally your vote. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and let us know. Most despised, hated teams for the Preds fans 2022 summer. And we will crown a winner. Let's see if it ends up being the Blackhawks. But you know what? There's some other teams out there. The Blues, the Penguins, there's other teams out there who might decide to win that tournament. Crowning jewel. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Come back and join us next week for a brand new episode. This has been Catfish on Ice Podcast presented by DraftKings from THPN. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody.
Soundstripe. 